All right, everyone. Very busy episode today. We got a wide variety of topics. Uh, expect some talk on college football playoff, how the seating unfolded, the New Year's Six Bowls. Then we'll jump into some NFL, uh, the standard who started off hard and hot seat power rankings. And then we'll do a little bit of serial power rankings. So stick with us for a busy one. Episode 10. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Uh, episode 10, Just Saying Podcast. Uh, today, we actually have a very busy episode. It is the first of its kind. We're doing an interview format. Uh, it'll be Sam and I, and then uh, two of my roommates, uh, Sammy and Carl. These are uh, two mutual friends between Sam and myself. Uh, two guys I've known at ASU since I've been here. Two great, two great friends of mine. We are going to be doing what uh, pretty much the four of us do on our free time, and that's pretty much just... Uh, Throw a bunch of talk out, sports, NFL, anything. Uh, stand by. We're going to kind of jump all over the place, so stick with us. And uh, once again, this is our first interview, so there may be some audio recording issues, uh, muffled sound, or maybe hard to hear, whatever it is. Uh, let us know. Any feedback is appreciated, as always. But uh, just uh, just so you know, we're going to be working to optimize this this format as Sam and I want to do more uh, episodes like this. This was super fun to record. Uh, just a reminder, it's December 6th, and uh, here we go. Let's jump right into it. All right, we're going to jump right in. Special edition, episode 10 of the Just Saying Podcast. We've made it, Sam. And uh, today we are going to be interviewing our buddies Sammy and Carl. I'm going to toss it right over to both of them to first introduce themselves and then uh, give us one take on the Pats-Bills game that we just watched occur. Uh, this is December 6th, by the way, uh, 9.20 p.m. West Coast. Sammy, go, dive right in. All right, my name is Sammy Cleetson. I'm a, I'm a longtime friend of Jack and Sam's. A longtime friend of Jack and Sam's, uh, business partner and colleague as well, fellow sports enthusiast. Uh, if I had to say one takeaway about tonight's game, I would say it's how impressive it is that elite NFL coaches can diversify their diversify their run packages so much that that elite defenses, top defenses in the, in the NFL like the Bills can basically know exactly what type of play is going to come and still be unable to stop it. And just to the layman like myself, like so many run plays look so similar, but I know that great coaches like Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels just are switching up their runs so much that they could literally run it every single play against the best defense in the league and be successful. Yeah, I mean, we were shouting on the TV just sell, sell out for the run, and it clearly was not possible. Um, or, I mean, at least with that defense. But, Carl, let's uh, jump right over to you, and then we'll dive in to what we got planned. Well, how's it going, listeners? This is Carl Dindu, comrade of Jack Ryan and Santee. Um, my one takeaway is the Patriots beat the Bills playing 10 on 11 football. Mac Jones had three pass attempts, like lowest in 30 years. Uh, it's, it was almost like the, the Bills were just scared to do anything other than trying to stop the run, and the Patriots didn't really care. And I'm, I don't know. I think the Patriots might be the best team in the NFL. Wow. I, I like you diving in. I, I like that. I like that to start it off. Um let me start off with a little bit more of a mellow take that I would say a lot of people would agree with. 
Mac Jones, best rookie quarterback. Would we all agree? No. <laughs> I'm most, biased, though. Uh, most impressive rookie quarterback. Would you guys both agree? 100%. I would, yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. Okay, you, you guys want to know uh, what I think might be the secret sauce in on this? And I, I've been compiling this uh, over the past couple days, <laughs> and uh, I, think I, I think I cracked the code. Uh, did you guys know that Mac Jones has not posted a single thing on Instagram since the start of the NFL season? His last post is August 30th on Instagram. Uh, Zach Wilson has posted nine times. Trey Lance has posted 11 times. And Trevor Lawrence has posted seven times. Uh, Justin Fields was also seven. It was 10. 10? Mm-hmm. I think that might have something to do with it. This guy's focused on football. Those are, those are some real Colin Coward analytics. Right <laughs> he just wants to win. It's a proven system. The zero dark 30 yeah, LeBron. The LeBron playoff mode. It's proven. He knows what to do to win, man. 100%. All right, let's... Uh, let's switch gears and let's go right to the uh college football playoff mm. uh we had the rankings drop a couple days ago when was it sunday sunday, sunday morning Afternoon. yesterday morning Eastern. uh what do we think one through four what, do, what is it uh we got bama one uh michigan two mm-hmm. georgia three cincinnati four thoughts all the way around i just think that we're gonna eventually see bama georgia inevitably I, I, I just can't see it any other way, unfortunately. Three much? I, I had to agree with the rankings. I thought that Michigan certainly made a case to be number one. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's interesting that they put Georgia over Cincinnati, considering that, um, you know, is it the best team or is it the best resume? Because I think most people would argue that Georgia is better than Michigan, as with the odds makers. And that would... and. Let me, let me figure out my logic here. Cincinnati's resume is more impressive than Georgia's. I would agree. Also, with that that strength of schedule thing with Georgia, I think has kind of gone unnoticed. Uh, their best win being Clemson, a team that projected into the season, top exactly. 25, obviously, exactly. but fell apart. And then Auburn and Kentucky as well, who really fizzled out to end the year. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, Carl, what do you think about it? Uh, I think the most interesting one is Cincinnati at number four. Uh, definitely a deserving team. They haven't lost a single game this year. Um, but when they do play Alabama, we will see like clear cut difference between SEC town and American Athletic Conference town. <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, What's your early prediction for that one? Uh, Alabama may win by forty points. Jeez, I can't really argue against that. Although I have seen a couple people try to make the case on Twitter that it's a good matchup for Cincinnati. I can't buy into it. Especially after what Bama did to Georgia this past weekend, right? Georgia number one defense. Exactly. Dismantled it. Cincinnati is known for their defense, but Alabama just dismantled a Mm -hmm. far superior defense. I mean, what's Cincinnati's resume? They got week four Notre Dame. They won on the road. Impressive win. Impressive win. Uh, And then conference championship, they beat Houston. Impressive win, I guess. Is that better than Georgia's? Um... You'd have to weigh the value of an SEC schedule versus an AEC AAC schedule. I.e., although, although Cincinnati's best win would be more impressive, they are conference champions and they have yet to lose. I would agree. Also, beating Navy twenty-seven twenty, Tulsa twenty-eight twenty. Yeah, so they can stop the run. <laughs> Do you think that uh, the committee wanted to avoid a direct rematch of Alabama Georgia in the first playoff game? Do you think that that has I think it, to do with their thinking? I, I think so. Probably, yeah. I think it's unfortunate, but yes. And I think it kind of def- it, that in and of itself like defeats the purpose of the logic behind it. But 
I would think so, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, hundred percent. They wanted to wait. I think. I mean, me personally, I think they're also just factoring in the amount of views that they can get. And I think a Georgia Alabama rematch inevitably in the final game might give them a higher amount of views if they do have that matchup than if they had like a Cincinnati in there who doesn't have as big of a fan base. I agree, but as a football get football fan, I would be no less excited for a direct rematch of Alabama Georgia in the first semifinal. Get it over with. Nor would I be less excited for an Alabama Michigan championship game mm-hmm. than an Alabama Georgia championship game. But how do you feel so, about a Alabama Cincinnati championship game? Well, no, that's not yeah, obviously happen. a Georgia Cincinnati championship game. That just seems kind of ugly. That, yeah. that would be unfortunate, and and neither of those teams will be in the championship. <laughs> Wait, any bold predictions for those those two playoff games? Anything out of the ordinary you guys see coming? I already kind of said what I think is going to happen. Going to get Alabama Georgia final game. Nothing really crazy, I don't think. Yeah, I'm thinking Alabama and Georgia. Um, Michigan is they look they've looked nice in the last couple of weeks, but I don't know they're on the same playing field as. As far as quarterback play with Georgia, as both of them are just not elite quarterbacks, and it's just gonna be a running game. So we we see uh, do we see the standard Alabama Georgia in the championship? I, or I, I, I disagree. I think that Michigan has a far better chance to beat Georgia than they're being given credit for, especially because Georgia's shown that they struggle to move the ball against good defenses. And Stetson Bennett is definitely I would say that Stetson Bennett is more of a handicap to the Georgia offense than Cade McNamara is to the Michigan offense. I would agree. And Cade I th- made some good throws against a very good Iowa defense on Saturday night. I think uh also Michigan showed some outside the box offensive creation when they played Ohio State. I think that they can whether it be motion, sweeps, all that kind of stuff, I think they've shown the ability to drop a play and chunk down the field and, and Georgia outright looked Horrible against Alabama mm-hmm. offensively, um, but I know we kind of talked about it. What did you guys think about uh, Jordan Davis? You guys think that has any effect on the draft stock? The uh, huffing and puffing two da- two down the pl- uh, player? Uh, not at all. I I don't think it's often you see a, a, a defensive lineman playing all three downs. Anyways, they you know, only have guys on third down just rushing the uh, rushing the passer. Uh, he's just a phenomenal run stopper, and I think he was still going the first two rounds. I, I see it first. Yeah, I see it first round too. Uh, what about a little transition to uh, a little Kenny Pickett, potential first quarterback taken? Do we think Kenny Pickett seals it in the Peach Bowl, mm-hmm. Michigan State, Pittsburgh? That's the ten v twelve matchup. I don't know. I was going to bring him up because I I don't want to segue too far away from your question, but I was going to bring up his fake slide and what your guys' opinions were on that because there's kind of some mixed results on social media and with like former players, especially defensive players, who were kind of pissed about him using the rules to his advantage. And you could see like the defensive uh, players on that play kind of pull up because they knew they couldn't hit him if he was going to slide. So what are you guys' thoughts really quick on that or on that topic? I mean, they just better not put it in Madden because like that'll just be a hack. <laughs> I mean, that would just be unstoppable. Uh, I think that it was an awesome play. But it was yeah, it super also, cool. It also can't be allowed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I, th- I think so, too. But that's also, even if it is allowed, I think that's the play that you get away with once, and then... You get cleaned out every single yeah, other time. You just get yeah. demolished every other time, so you better use it wisely. Yeah, I completely understand that. But what do you guys think about that matchup and Kenny Pickett, and also even Jordan Davis' comments? He- Heisman Trophy finalist, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Heisman tr- Yeah, sorry, thank you for the correction. But Ocean, New Jersey. <laughs> How far is that from... from it's about where? an hour from where I grew up. South Orange? Yep. South Orange, New Jersey. Um, 
what do we think about the open-ended to everybody? Jordan Davis, Kenny Pickett, and then also Peach Bowl. I'll let anyone take it away. This is uh, this is the question sponsored by Michelob Ultra. Uh, I think that I think that Michigan State will has a very good chance to be Pitt. I think that like the ACC defenses this year have kind of the ACC has kind of evolved into the the Big Twelve of old, where offenses like Pitt and Wake Forest are scoring nearly every time that they have the ball. Yet yet not being able to stop very many non-ACC offenses. So we'll see. I like, I like Michigan State in that game. Hey, Michigan State? Cool. I think, who is it, Walker, the running back from Michigan State? Kenneth just, Walker. Yeah, he's just so impressive. I, I remember I was watching a game, the game that they played Miami. I think he ended up with like three or four touchdowns in that game. He's just running all over them. Obviously, it's going to be different against Pittsburgh than a very subpar Miami team. But I just think they've kind of figured out the run game, and I think they're kind of win that in the end I kind of I see a big game from Pickett either way I, I think uh, I, do, I do agree that Kenny Pickett will be the first quarterback taken you know he just has he checks all the boxes the the size 6'3 220 the arm strength and to add on to that maybe most importantly the other quarterbacks he was competing with are not all that impressive the question is who takes him though in your mind, who? I was actually just about to ask that. I, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place. I was going to list out the, the top 10 picks if you guys. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Uh, we got one Detroit, two Jacksonville, three Houston, four Jets, uh, five Jets, six Giants, seven Giants, eight Falcons, nine Panthers, uh, 10 Vikings, and then 11 New Orleans, 12 Philadelphia, 13 Philadelphia, 14 Denver. I mean, maybe to the Giants? Replace Daniel Jones if he's on the way out. I guess that's like the most ideal spot, kind of because they have those two back-to-back picks as well. I don't think it would be ridiculous for the Falcons to take him. They might want to take a defender. I, I think the one issue with the Falcons is that I believe Matt Ryan is one of the three highest-paid players next year, and I want to say his dead cap might be in the area of like forty-four million. So you would either be putting Kenny Pickett on the bench for a year, which I guess isn't the worst idea. Uh, or I guess you're just eating $44 million in dead cap. Yeah, I don't think that's the worst idea, especially because, I mean, he's not perceived to be as ready as, like, the last five quarterbacks that just went in this past draft. So mm. to sit him for a year, I think that's kind of probably understood. What about five. Houston? Houston at three. Yeah, I was thinking Houston was probably the most likely one. Uh, I don't know. I think this, this last, year's, uh, last year's draft almost makes you think, like, it might pay to be a quarterback taken later in the, in the first round. Like um, IE Mac Jones. Yeah, like just being on a more competent team instead of being in a trap where you can't get out of it for four years. <laughs> I would agree. I, I think Houston makes sense. Do you guys see Detroit? I could understand it, but I think Goff's been playing decent for them. One in ten, one I decent. Think, it's I, just a, that's the line. I, I think that they need to draft a new quarterback, but that picket likely won't justify taking first overall yeah. over uh, 100%. Aiden Hutchinson or. Kayvon Yeah. I agree with that 100%. They I have too many holes to fill, and quarterback's not one of those biggest, like, the bigger holes. What about Jets? <laughs> Throw it in there. I knew that you were going to say that. Uh, yeah, Jack likes to poke the bear I don't think that it, I don't think that it would be totally ridiculous, of course, depending on Zach Wilson's progression. He kind of looked good against the Eagles this weekend. I mean, you got... If, let's just say the season ends right now, and you have the fourth and the fifth overall pick in the, if you're the Jets. I mean, if you're Robert Sala... It's not crazy to be pretty tempted to just move on and cut your losses with it. I don't think that that's no. very ridiculous at all. I don't. It kind I, of depends who they like. I don't think it's very likely though. I think 
I think it's tempting. I think they've seen enough from him to be like, okay, we'll give him some more time. And I'm saying this coming from a franchise who gave Trubisky four years. So, like, I, I've kind of been through that process where it's just like, okay, let's but, give him another year. But would you want it? Would you want to just cut the losses and move on? I, I think the Cardinals I, legitimately laid a, blu- a blueprint where it's not ridiculous for a team to just walk away and say, um, like, this obviously did not work. But it's Pickett, Let's move on. I don't. I don't know if Pickett's comparable with yeah. Kyler. In that no, no, yeah, no. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think that the quarterback landscape from the end of the college football season to the beginning of the draft can like change so much. Mm-hmm. Just uh, like pro days. Yeah, and then just in terms of who the number one guys. Of course, last year Trevor Lawrence was locked in, but with the Baker year and with Kyler's year, I don't think that they were considered the top quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the class until very late on, mm-hmm. relatively late on in the cycle. Right. All right, I'll give you three more to, to look at. Uh, Carolina, nine. Move on from Cam. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota, 10. No, because they... I don't know. Kirk's played his best year of his career. Yeah. What was he have, like, 25 touchdowns, three picks? Mm-hmm. I but, think they draft Mond this past year, too. Yeah. And I think they decently like him, so... I mean, not that he's going to be their future, but they just did get a quarterback, so I don't know if there'd be another. I would reason. almost be willing to say that there that there's not a chance that a quarterback even gets past the Panthers. Really, a t- really. Yeah. And not I- necessarily. I'm not really just stake that Kenny Pickett is the top quarterback to be taken, but I think that the Panthers would be doing the roster that they've created an injustice if they didn't draft a quarterback immediately. I take. I, I actually like true. that. And and what about a number eleven Saints, Jameis? When do you get him back? A month into the season next year? Maybe start of the season? I don't know if I see them moving on, but I think it's a possibility. It's got to be. It's got to be tempting. I, I agree. Yeah. Carl and I were actually discussing earlier how our analytics actually had Jameis as one of the higher-rated quarterbacks in the NFL. But you know, it kind of depends how the Saints value these these rookie quarterbacks. Hmm. I get it, 100%. All right, let's look at the next bowl. I had uh, Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Marcus, oh. Is this Marcus Freeman's first game? Is he, does he get to officially coach it? Yeah, I think yes. And that's okay. why I want Notre Dame to win so okay. bad. Just a kind of like a big middle finger to Brian Kelly. Also, why do you get to do that? How can you hire coaches, fire coaches before you even finish your season and they can just start coaching? I mean, I, I know he's an in-house hire, but... Very weird. Isn't Cristobal doing the same thing, going to Miami? Is he finishing? But he, he is going to Miami, but is Miami's he... not in the bowl game, are they? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you can leave before the season's oh, over. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brian no Kelly went to LSU you guys before know the season's over. I think that Miami may be in the bowl game. But I'm not sure. Is Brian Kelly going to be coaching LSU, or do they not, they're not bowl eligible? I don't think, I don't they're, think they're bowl eligible either. No. Um, Miami does have a... Miami plays Washington State, so has Cristobal formally agreed to that... Yeah, he did I think today. So, yeah, we need some. We need to get on that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look into that. Sammy, do you got that? Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about the game though? Notre Dame. Right, let me go. Carl gets to go first. Uh, Notre Dame is around the hometown. Yeah, so, uh, I definitely like Notre Dame in this one. I think they have what it takes to be Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State just lost a, a really good game actually against Baylor, and uh, Notre Dame might be hyped up with Marcus Freeman as a new head coach. Uh, should expect a good defensive performance from them just because Marcus Freeman's a, was a past defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game though. Sam, thoughts? I, well, I mean, I just kind of shared mine. I, ho- I really hope they win. I don't I haven't watched a lot of Notre Dame football or Oklahoma State football actually, just because when I do watch college football, it's usually primarily Arizona State football, unfortunately. That's kind of sad. Um, but and I didn't get to catch uh, the Oklahoma State Baylor game, but. I mean, 
<clears throat> I just, I don't know. Just back to my original point. I just want to see him win. It'd be such a good story. Just like a great yeah. sports story. Just that they could win on short notice like that. The players rallying to come together and just no Kelly. get a huge win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Southern draw, Kelly. <laughs> uh, Sammy, thoughts? Um, I've kind of been hating on Notre Dame for most of the season. And I think that they're very unimpressive. But Oklahoma State could barely move the ball at all against Baylor. I think that they averaged like less than two yards per carry. And actually, they have a, they have a good running attack, didn't they? they yeah, they were known for their running attack, yeah. and they were unable to run the ball against Baylor. So I think that I think that Notre Dame will rally around Marcus Freeman. I like that. I think that they win that game. Utah, Ohio State, Rose Bowl. I think Ohio State's going to destroy them. <laughs> Just personally, I've been of that of that thought process for a long time but after seeing Utah just blow out Oregon twice I guess we'll really see how bad Oregon was I think CJ Stroud is a completely different situation than what's Oregon's quarterback's name Anthony Brown yeah that's just night and day in my opinion so I think that'll be the difference and I don't know I think Utah is used to playing like Colorado's and Oregon State's while Ohio State has to go through Minnesotas and Michigans and Michigan States, etc. But they didn't beat Michigan. Well, yes, I, but kidding. they did blow out Michigan State. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. All, I mean, also Ohio State. I think that that will be a close game. Though. Oh, Utah now. Really? Really? Yeah, I think Utah will not get their respect leading up to that bowl game, and uh, they'll have something to prove. And it will be against two loss Ohio State. I like that. But Ohio State three potential first, well, future first round picks. I guess Injiba would be next year. In the draft? Yeah, in the sophomore. Okay. And then we'll round it up, and then we'll, we can get into some NFL with uh, Ole Miss Baylor, Sugar Bowl. I like Baylor in that one a lot. I think they're going to ride a hot hand against uh, with the one that they had against Oklahoma State last week and um, and definitely beat Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss will play a fun game, though. Lane Kiffin will, will keep it watchable. So bring it up. Corral will be slinging it. Yeah. What, what do we think about Corral? You think Corral can make his case? Yeah, I think he can make his case for uh, as a top QB pick. I'm just, I'm just really curious to see where these quarterbacks go this year, um, just because of what happened last year and how the quarterbacks from last year have developed over the year. Mm-hmm. It, it almost seems like, uh, I mean, it seems like it, it's happened a lot of times. But when quarterbacks get drawn in, i.e., like this guy's going one, this guy's going two, and this guy's going three, and we're not going to question it at all, it almost seems like that's always when it's the scariest. I kind of like the, the the mystery of this draft. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you don't really know who's going to end up with who. I think that Corral is certainly the only guy who could give Kenny Pickett a run for his money and being the top quarterback. Although I would agree. People, I guess, are skeptical of Corral's size. And the tattoos. And maybe the tattoos. <laughs> I was actually thinking that. I wasn't sure if I could say it. <laughs> uh, full approval. Uh, should we slide right into the NFL? Should we go... What do you think, Sam? What should we start off with? Who started off hard? Who started off hard? Let's hop straight into it. All right, we're going to give it three seconds. All right, LeBron go down. Ah! LeBron James started off hard. All right. Uh, who started off hard this week? We're going to go around in a circle starting Sam T. So my first one, I have two, one from the NFL, one from the NBA. My first one, I'm sorry if I took this. This may have been on your list. Uh, George Kittle. Nine receptions, 181 yards, two touchdowns. Just loves to play the game of football, which is just awesome to see from a tight end. Um, stats kind of speak for themselves. The Seahawks did win that game, unfortunately. but Unfortunately? 
I picked it. I, well, I, in our pick em, I had the uh, the Niners. So, unfortunately for me, I guess I should clarify. Um, so, obviously, he was on my list for that performance. And then my other one, I, I feel like we haven't given the Bulls enough attention that they deserve when we talk about NBA. We have mentioned them before, but mm-hmm. um, I just want to kind of highlight DeMar DeRozan. He's really been the glue of that team. Um, a player that, you know, kind of seemed like his career was coming to an end going to an end yeah in san antonio um has really had like a revival uh so just i have his stats from the past two games since our last podcast so he had 34 6 and 3 and then 29 6 and 3 Damn. and then the bulls are also second in the east at 6 and 8 or 16 and 8 excuse me behind the nets so obviously he's been helping them win games and that team's actually been playing really well as a whole but i just wanted to highlight him because i don't think we've really spoken about him much that's facts. Uh, I, so I appreciate far. that. Yeah. Shout out to Demar. So those are my two. Carl, pass it to yeah. you. I had a, one guy from uh, college football, Jamison Williams. Uh, watching the Georgia Alabama game, he instantly popped off on the eye test. Uh, some backstory on him: he was third on the Ohio State depth chart last year. While he was leaving Ohio State, transferring to Alabama, uh, he was on social media saying how Ohio State fans have disowned him. So I guess he has a chip on his shoulder because he went off for seven receptions. 184 yards and two touchdowns against Georgia last week, and also laid a massive hit on punt coverage as a gunner. That's incredible. It's I, crazy that you play your best players as like gunners on punt coverage, right? Yeah. It's so weird to think about. I, that that part of college football, I've never truly understood how they just send their absolute like quote unquote franchise back to just return a punt. But I mean, they're they're like 19, so they can take it. <laughs> uh, but any other ones? Jameson Williams is, is oh, that? I was the one I had. Perfect. Sammy? All right, well, my, my first one is Jared Goff, who was able to get his, <laughs> his first win without Sean McVay this weekend. He was 0-16-1 going into the game. His um, EPA expected points added throughout his 17 games without McVay was minus 135.7. He had 26 turnovers. So, you know, this guy comes out and he, he brings it every week, and he finally was able to, you know, reap the, reap the fruits of his labor. I mean, you gotta be happy. You, you gotta be happy for Jared Goff. Of course. I mean, I'll take that back. If you saw the video of Jared Goff's girlfriend reacting, it's hard to feel bad for Jared Goff. Of course. Uh, any, any other ones? <laughs> uh, and then this is not related to the NFL, but you know, these two groups were certainly going hard. The respective legal representatives of the Major League Baseball owners and the Major League Baseball Players Association—they're going so hard that they are now in a lockout. So, for some backstory, the owners want to expand the playoff and maintain the status quo where they're earning far more uh, revenue than the teams and the players, while the players want adjustment to the way service time is treated because teams will exploit the number of years that they're in the minor leagues or in the pros to uh, gain more control. And also, while there's been a flurry of super expensive contracts in the major leagues, the actual value of lower level contracts and minor league contracts has gone down so it's expected to be a very long lockout i think i know a lot of people who listen will actually appreciate you talking about the mlb because it doesn't happen very often on we've gotten some hate we've gotten some hate and we so, need some intelligent mlb talk so. i definitely appreciate that you bringing it up um so let me finish off my who started off hard and then let me give you a couple minutes to let me ask you some mlb questions to okay. follow this up um i went with tj watt uh, coming off of COVID, uh, he tested negative officially on Friday, actually. 
Uh, went for three and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, and six quarterback hits. He leads the NFL wow. in sacks. Uh, the Watt brothers are good at football. Um, I have another NFL one. Um, the man did not do anything this week, but uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, he has not played an NFL snap since Halloween, and he is third in the NFL in rushing yards still. Yeah, it's really um, insane. If... if the players below him have some of their best weeks. He will probably finish next week at about fifth or sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. Um, it's unfortunate he couldn't get to 1,000 because it would have been cool if him and Jonathan Taylor were the only 1,000-yard rushers. Uh, but Derrick Henry. Um, let me transition back to baseball. I actually want to ask a couple questions. So Sammy, diehard Mets fan, uh, he's actually even compared the Mets to his fanhood of the Eagles, which grosses me out. Uh, <laughs> How do you feel coming off of a massive Mets offseason? This is, has um, been considered one of the most successful Mets offseasons by a lot of standards, hasn't it? Of course. You know, I was very skeptical of Steve Cohen, the Mets' new owner, who is by far the richest owner in the major leagues now. I was skeptical that he would kind of talk the talk and then never walk the walk, however, with the signing of Scherzer as well as as well as smaller but valuable pieces like Starling Marte and Mark Canna and Edu Escobar, he may be building a juggernaut, you know? It's tough to it's tough to not expect that when they put together Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer who are who are probably who are the, probably the two best pitchers I've ever watched in my life. So over the last twenty years or so. And, and so my only counter would be how did they address the scoring aspect? Because I know the the one pain for you has always been elite pitching. Team can team can essentially. I mean, Degrom can essentially throw a no hitter and they'll lose one zero. Uh, so exactly. So what's the what's the fix there? I mean, didn't Baez leave? So yes, Baez took a gigantic contract with the Detroit Tigers. Um, but the Mets signed Starling Marte, who can play the outfield positions, and then they had big decisions to make about their players like Jeff McNeil and Dominic Smith, who had really good years during COVID, but then regressed pretty badly last year. So they have to decide whether the true identity of those players is the COVID year guys who were very good hitters or last year's guys who struggled immensely. Um, to that extent, they also have uh, Robinson Cano coming back, who everybody's kind of forgotten as a Met, but uh, Eduardo Escobar and Starling Marte said that having him on the team meant something to them, so I don't necessarily expect him to still be a productive major leaguer, but... How old is he at this point? Robinson Cano it's gotta be is earning tons of money, and he's <laughs> presently 39 years old. Jeez. Wow. To be, to be an mlb -er. Exactly. But, but wasn't that one of the complaints actually is that uh, MLB player, or MLB organizations are taking advantage of young or youth players' contracts and holding them back earnings-wise? Well, yeah, I was actually listening to the local radio a few days ago, and they had this guy on explaining that how when an MLB team signs a player from a developing nation in Latin America or in South America where they're signing so many players from, they will sign them as 16, 17 year olds. And just because of the nature of the way that youth contracts into professional contracts work, they'll have control of that player for like seven or eight years from the time that they're 16 or 17. So- a very long time. That is yeah. a very long time. So these, so these players, young guys, mostly uh, guys who are not American are kind of stripped of their bargaining power for a long period of their development. Isn't there a, who's the famous Cubs player who was one of those guys who had gotten sit 
uh, or sad. He was one of the players during their World Series run. Well, uh, not Rizzo, right? Chris Bryant. Is it Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant was co- another thing that teams will do is that they will wait until a month in the season to call up their top prospects from the minor leagues because they will not count as a full year on their contract, mm-hmm. thus giving them an extra year of the team it. control. So Chris Bryant was called up, I think, a month after, even though he was ob- a month after the beginning of the season, even though he was obviously good enough to be in the major leagues. And because of that, he had to enter free agency a year later than he was supposed to. So he's a free agent right now. <laughs> wow. Uh, last one. Do you see maybe a shortened season at the end of the lockout potentially bringing a little bit of excitement and also maybe a little push for a shortened season in the MLB going forward? Just because maybe, let's just say, it's an MLB season's 182 games. 162. 162? I'm off already. Uh, let's just say you made it 80 games. Don't you think a lot more people would tune in? <laughs> I, I do agree. Maybe. I do agree. And Carl has always talked to me about that and how it would make watching baseball far more exciting. I know that the owners during this lockout negotiation have post, have pushed for a 154-game season, so that's only eight games less than originally, and I don't think that it would do much to attract non-baseball yeah. fans. But, yeah, of course an 80-game season would be very entertaining. It would totally change the way that teams were structured and probably the amount of pitchers that teams would use, yeah. mm-hmm. assuming that games were spaced out a little bit more. Yeah, I, I get it, 100%. All right, let's get off this horrible, horrible sport. <laughs> I'm playing. Uh, all right, real quick. Power rank the meals in terms of the food types. Breakfast, lunch, dinner in terms Ooh. of the best overall foods. I feel like the obvious answer is going to be, well, in my opinion, for most people, it's going to be breakfast, dinner, and then lunch last. But, and I think that actually might have to be mine. As I what said. Is, what is the difference between a lunch food and a dinner food? I feel like it's lunch food is more casual, yeah. almost. Yeah. Like is that a good way to? And you, and you wouldn't yeah. like sit down and have like a steak, I guess, for lunch. For lunch. Yeah. Or I like, mean, you could. You could. Depending on your financial situation. <laughs> I, I guess. Mean, I think mean, lunch is definitely third. Breakfast is number one across the board. Breakfast yeah. is so yep. good. Breakfast number one. I would actually. Yeah. I'd breakfast pre- not at breakfast time. Though. N- never. Oh, never. Really? You don't, never. you don't like you don't like breakfast for dinner? No, that's what I'm saying. Like I never eat breakfast at a traditional breakfast. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hundred percent. Even if you like wake up at like eleven, it's technically breakfast. Okay, uh, never is a strong word. I'll eat breakfast at a breakfast this time. Is, this is semantics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm glad we're on the same rank. Uh, hot seat power rankings. We're just gonna go around hot, hottest seats in the NFL. I think we all have the same number one. Do we? Let's let's hear it. What, what's your let's number let one? it be an open discussion. Clearly, Matt Nagy. Okay, I agree with you then. I had Matt Nagy as my number one too, but I, I did too. said that he was on the on the perpetual hot seat, and that it's like it's like a four. I, I assume that it's a foregone conclusion that he this is his final season. Yeah, nothing's gonna happen. Like I mentioned, uh, I think I was talking to you guys a little bit earlier about this, but when I found out that we had never fired a coach mid-season in our whole like franchise history, I just knew that there was no way that we fired him sometime during the season. So it's just like, you're just waiting until the end of the season comes for that eventual firing. But it's just unfortunate that we have to wait that long. Yeah, it's also, overdue. Also given the Bears a record of handling coaches after firing Lovey Smith after a 10 and six season. Yeah. Um, here's to see what they'll do to Matt Nagy after being four and eight so far and third in the NFC North. 
Probably give him a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Tenure extension. Uh, see, I, I had Nagy one, but I had Mike Zimmer as a very, very close second, and I almost couldn't tell the difference. We we talked about him a lot earlier on in the season. Yeah. He was struggling, but they won some games. We kind of like put yeah. him to the side, but I, I think that's a sneaky pick. I had Mike Zimmer right there as well at number two. But I had him at three, actually. At three? I, I, I just think like... Before this past week, everything was bad. But then you go ahead and you give the Lions their first yeah. win. I mean, that's never going to help your job. Now uh, in the coffin. I, I think it's over. Uh, I don't think they'll fire him in the middle of the season, though, out of respect. Yeah, he's a serviceable NFL coach, but it seems as though he's like reached his ceiling. Like You can never win a Super Bowl with him. You can certainly slip into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which they've every, done. One every two or three yeah. years, yeah. Go to the AFC Championship once or twice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. NFC, I'm sorry. Yeah. NFC Championship once or twice. Uh Okay, and then for me also, I have this one tied, but I almost don't even consider it as a spot, and that's David Coley. I kind of just think uh, that he's not – I mean, I've said it the whole time. He just wasn't the guy and that it was just a placeholder. But he'll yeah. be back. I think, like, just to see – I mean, he'll be back to see what they can do with him this next year, if they can build on anything, but – I think they fire him. I think, you think for sure? I mean, why – like – I think that the I think that they could easily keep him until they think that they have like good players or that they're in a spot where they should hire. So, like it seems like it seems like they're a failing company. That they're just yeah, company, which is essentially what they are. Yeah, but they seem like a, the 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 failing company that fires their CEO that's been there for six months and he's the scapegoat. Yeah, as if Even like the problems weren't to do. yeah as as if the problems weren't there to begin with. All right, do you guys have anything else, anything different? I actually have another one. That's, I have two more. Okay, what do you guys got? I want to hear you guys. So I have Joe Judge, who I would have on there mm-hmm. since the yep. day that he was hired. He yeah. was obviously a terrible hire. Uh, but I got some crazy stats here that the Giants running backs and wide receivers have not scored a touchdown since October 24th. It is currently December 6th, 6th and the Giants' <laughs> offense has scored three touchdowns in their last 17 quarters. They're woefully inept on offense. They fired Jason Garrett, but that was likely not that the only problem there. But now they have the savior coming in. The savior, Jake Fromm. Oh, Jake Fromm. I mean, obviously. I mean, the that, franchise. Now they're going to start rallying out wins. No, those are actually crazy stats. That, that's insane. Those are disgusting yeah. stats. I would never want to read that as a fan of a team. Yeah, I actually, I also had uh, Joe Judge on there as well, but. Um, wow, those stats made me want to catapult him two spots higher. Yeah, interesting. Now Jonathan Taylor has more touchdowns as a whole entire Giants offense. I saw that. Really? That's, yeah. So, so that means James Conner does too. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I also had, I also had Joe Judge at number two. Um, Giants 4-8, and eight, last time FC East. They play the worst brand of football imaginable. They're bad and boring. <laughs> Not a great combination if you're an NFL fan to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judge has definitely frequented our list. Since we started it, I don't remember which week we ended up creating the hot seat, but he's been there quite frequently. Something that sticks in my head that I always think of with Joe Judge is uh, if you go listen to a uh, Peter Schrager interview he did right before the season, he says that uh, the Giants are his dark horse team for the Super Bowl and that (laughs) Joe Judge has this team right and that there's a different level of focus coming out of this group. So that that's just terribly bad. Yeah. Are they they mathematically out of the playoffs yet? Uh, no, not in that horrible, horrible division. They're never out of the playoffs. Yeah, that. yeah. that's true. They're never out of the playoffs in that division. Uh, does anyone else have anyone on the list? I actually have one more. <laughs> I have one more. Go, I want for it. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. 
I had, I had Zimmer at three. We already talked about it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to touch up more on like some replacement op- options. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vikings just have some elite weapons on offense. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Alexander Madison. He could be a top ten back any given day. Uh, I, I could see um, Colin Moore maybe taking the round of that team next year, or if they want to keep a defensive minded coach like Mike Zimmer, they can, you know, get Matt Eberflus, a Colts defensive coordinator. You're offering him up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can you do? Uh, I, wow. I, I like that, actually. I mean, I think Kellen Moore will have a head coaching job next year. Yeah, hopefully it's not on the Cowboys. Yeah, despite that, uh, the dud that he threw out. Was it this past week, right? On Thanksgiving. Oh, oh no, they just beat the Saints on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah they looked whack. Yeah. Um, anyone else have any other ones? And then my final one, the most sneaky one. And I don't think that he'll get fired during the season, but Zach Taylor at the Bengals, even though they're putting together a great year, with Joe Brady getting fired by the Panthers, I'm not sure if he is actually a real coaching candidate or if that's simply what the, the media has taught me to perceive, but it would hard to, if you're the Bengals, it's hard to not want to reunite him with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. What do you think about that, though? Like, I don't know if he's actually a viable yeah. coach. Or if he's just a hot name that gets thrown around. Yeah, you, know? you fire a coach for a coach that's been fired. That's kind of yeah, like exactly, a. Exactly, exactly. That's kind of a, an interesting. I mean, that's a Cardinals play, yeah. quite, quite literally. It's a play but, to set yourself up for criticism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Carl, you look like you have something to say. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Um, Burp. <laughs> anybody have any questions prepared that they want to throw out real quick before we move on to something else? In terms of NFL? Anything. Throw it out. NFL coach of the year. And a football coach of the year right now? The flip side. I think that it's impossible to watch the game tonight and not say that it's going to be Bill Belichick. I, lo- I love Cliff Kingsbury, but Bill Belichick is going to be the best team in the AFC, if not the NFL, with Mac Jones. He just beat the Bills, the what last year's number two seed, mm-hmm. running the ball, maybe passing the ball three times, I think. Mm-hmm. So I See, got Bill. I kind of agree with you. I, I feel like... I have mixed perceptions on this because I almost want to say it's going to be Cliff just because they've been so good, like a complete flip basically from last year. But to Jack's point that he likes to bring up a lot, they don't get a lot of media coverage. And I feel like, you know, the Patriots get a ton of media coverage. So I feel like it's only, it's like a lot more possible that Bill will get that nod rather than Cliff in that aspect. I think it's, I think it's just way more impressive, you know, doing all this with a rookie quarterback. This is a also very true. This is his first year playing NFL. You know, Kyle Murray is obviously an like an amazing quarterback. That great roster. MVP candidate. Yeah, and I don't know. The Patriots just look impressive. They have what top ten defense. They have no names of wide receivers that are just overproducing uh, week in and week out. Except except tonight when Mac Jones only passed the ball three times and completed <laughs> two of those. Yeah, I think I think Bill Belichick's the easy pick for coach of the year this year. Jack, let's hear your take on this. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I noticed Sammy said going to be. Uh, I thought that was an interesting instead of should be. Uh, when you said that Bill Belichick is going to be the coach. I believe leader. that he should be the coach. Leader. Okay. Um, As a Cliff fan. I uh, I mean, I. it's hard to be mad either way. I, I'm not going to be upset if my coach has 12-plus wins or whatever and doesn't win coach of the year. But I would say that. Nor would I. 
all in all, um, you're talking about a defense that we knew was good, uh, had players out that we knew was gonna were gonna come back and be better. Uh, you're talking about a historic offseason for the P- Patriots, uh, spending the most money they ever have. I mean, this roster was expected to be good. On, on who did they spend uh, the money? Uh, I mean, I, I, all I'm saying is, is the roster in a financial aspect. If if it wasn't good, then it was an absolute failure on behalf of uh, Belichick. So I mean, I would I have no argument for or against it. I'm just saying that. Like this, this roster was pumped up to be good, so they're a good team. And like it's as expected. Uh, I don't really think that like the rookie quarterback has much to do with it. Um, but I would go either way. I I don't think you can lose either way with Bill Belichick or Cliff. I would I will say that Cliff is seven and zero on the road. Um, he's beaten all seven road teams by ten plus points. Uh, He's pretty much been written off every year in the NFL, and he exceeded his Vegas win total in eight weeks. So, that's all I got. As a victim to that. That's all I got. Make him him down to who finishes number one in their respective conferences. 100%. But if they both do and and either one wins, like, I think it's it's fully well-deserved. But I I just push back on the notion that, like, the Patriots are some sort of, like, surprise story. I, I think if that roster wasn't good, then, like, Bill Belichick... Just made a huge mistake pumping a bunch of money into a team that wasn't good. I, I mean, don't think that anybody would have ever questioned their defense just because it's Bill Belichick and, of course, they do have good players. But I think it's more that the offense that Mac Jones has kind of seamlessly come into this offense that's incredibly efficient and can kind of do whatever is needed of them. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that they can uh, succeed with Mac Jones in the playoffs? I think that if they play in New England, they can. But also tonight, like, I don't know. I think that playing in Kansas City is a different story. But other than that, who who can beat them? Uh, other I than mean, Kansas City. Uh, more so in a sense that like your your run shut off. You have to rely on Mac Jones to drop back and uh, make passes. Drop back and pass. Um, and that's what happens in the playoffs every year. Your quarterback yes, has I do. to make plays. I do. It's going to be interesting to see him in a high stake games like tonight, a high stakes game like tonight, uh, when the weather is not so bad as to make it impossible to pass. Because yeah. Mac Jones would have passed more often. Too. Yeah, of course. And you can almost call this game tonight a playoff game. Whoever mm-hmm. won was number one in the AFC. So I, I think Mac Jones could definitely get it done in the playoffs. He is that guy. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it either. I just. My only thing is, like, just, of course, coming from a team, like, watching a rookie quarterback play every week and not saying Fields and uh, Jones are the same exact player, but I think any rookie quarterback, you're in for a couple decisions that are a little questionable, and I think in a huge game, those questionable decisions coming at the wrong time could kind of screw you over. So I think, I mean, just being so young, and it's not, like, his fault, obviously, but, like, just being so young, that could kind of... I don't know, just like help them win or lose when it really came down to the, the big moment, you know? I don't know if he has it yet. 100%. The thing that's most, most dangerous about this Patriots win tonight was, yeah, they, they ran the ball 46 times, they passed the ball three times, is the Bills weren't able to stop it even while knowing what the Patriots were going to do. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to imagine what a team can do when they don't know what the Patriots are going to do. It's a scary thought. That is fair. It's very fair. But some would also come right back and say that the Bills easily could have gone up in that game. A uh, couple calls go their way. Uh, also, Dawson Knox makes a catch that he could have easily had in the end zone. But that's the coulda, shoulda, woulda. McHill Larry did score six points for the Bills tonight. Yeah, yeah. ball doesn't barely graze off McHill Harry's uh, helmet. 
It's a blowout. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the I, I think the Pats are very, very good, but I don't think they're invincible. I think Yeah, I, any given Sunday, right? Yeah. I think they lose on any given Sunday, especially with a rookie quarterback. hundred percent. Let's see wait, what's the Pats schedule looking like Although coming down the, the stretch. In the olden days that kinda that, that phrase really did, really did not apply to the Patriots. They, they were That's not true. under the same any given Sunday. That is they, true. They would win every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a brutal schedule to finish off the year see after the bye next week. They got Colts. They got at Colts, home versus Bills, home versus Jags, at Dolphins. Uh, I mean, two games they for sure should win. I'm very curious to see this Bills rematch, hopefully in some better weather so we can see them throw the ball. I actually, I personally think that the Bills are a better team when they can throw the ball and maximize their offense, but they obviously didn't. I, I had the Bills winning tonight, and I think that they would have won the big game if, had they been able to throw the ball with Josh Allen to their full effect. I, I want to disagree with that just because they did play the Colts, which also had a similar kind of a scheme coming into the game, just running the ball, and they weren't able to stop that either. So if we're talking about the Patriots playing the Bills again. What, what's to say that the Bills will be able to stop them this time? I was going to add to that point, too, by just saying, I mean, the past couple of weeks, the Bills haven't looked like the first, like, I don't know, seven, eight weeks Bills, you know? They've looked pretty suspect on defense, which they kind of were relying on, not heavily, but um, through those first, like, eight, nine weeks. And then the, who they ran, the Chiefs, right? Or no, they beat the Chiefs, actually. The, I mean, the they defense- lost the Titans. That the, was a huge game for them. But. The defense is what really won them the games. Or uh, mm-hmm. won them the games early. On. I remember it flipped with the. Uh, I believe it was the Miami game. They like trounced on Miami. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the final. It might have been like thirty-five nothing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who were their losses? Bills. Titans was one. I know that for sure. Titans. Jags. That's yeah. right. That Titans. Jag- oh, Steelers week one. Nine. Steelers week one. Uh, and then there's one more. Colts, obviously. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like so far, I, I mean, the sample size is small, but they don't seem to like fare well against these more physical and gritty teams. Mm-hmm. But in you know sunshine and you know seven on seven offense, some days they they look they look amazing and they're very fun to watch. I mean, the the Bills are in real threat of actually not making the playoffs. They're right now they hold the seven seed. They're seven and five. Uh, Five and five in their own conference. Wow, that's certainly not impressive. Uh, wow, this the AFC race is going to come down close. I know, Carl, you probably want to comment on it. Maybe you want to you want to talk about maybe the Colts' path uh, going forward uh, for a playoff appearance, or do you want to talk about your outlook on the AFC jumble? Uh, I'd, I'd love to hop into the Colts' path <laughs> to get to the playoffs. Uh, coming into this coming into this week. The Colts would have been on been the seventh seed if the Denver and Las Vegas lost, which they did. And one of the Chargers, Bills, and Bengals lose next, and they need the Chargers, Bills, or Bengals to lose one of their games next week. Uh, Bills play the Bucks next week. Chargers play the Giants, and the Bengals play the 49ers. And it is big that the Colts on the tiebreaker against the Bills. Uh, interesting statistics for since week four, the Colts are second overall in offensive output and seventh overall in defensive output. They're currently standing at seven and six, second in the AFC South, and currently the ninth seed if the playoffs ended started today. 
Uh, they started off one and four. This was with Carson Wentz on a new team. Missed most of training camp with an, a foot injury. Um, a lot of injuries to the offensive line. And they lost their starting safety, Julian Blackman. Uh, but since their last eight, they are six and two, and yeah, still fighting for the still fighting for the playoffs. Um, it would be big for the Broncos or Raiders to lose next week as well. But you know, the the late the late end of our schedule is pretty tough. We have a bye next week with it, which is great. Um, it's a late buy. I'm not liking these late buys. Super late buy. Are these later than normal? It's I, the latest buy in NFL history. The week 14 buy. Okay, I was added for the for the seven. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say con- continue, but that's in very very late buy. Yeah, it's it's pretty good too. We did we did not report any new injuries after the Texans game this Sunday, which is a first. That's and huge. That's amazing. This late in the season, prime time against New England at home. You know, New England's the number one team in the AFC. is obviously a very scary game. It's also a Saturday game. I don't need that. Oh, Saturday ball's back? Yeah. Oh, nice. And um, right after that, we play the number one seed in the NFC, the Cardinals, uh, in, Phoenix, in Glendale. That'll be an interesting game. And then we have the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm pretty sure the Colts are seeing every game from now on as just a playoff game. All these games are must-wins, and it should be really fun to watch. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh I know that uh, specifically the Colts are extremely healthy. I want to shout out Zach Kiefer on Twitter. Uh, phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal follow. Uh, yeah, I, I've been reading all of his articles from the Athletic, and it seems like this the Colts really couldn't get healthy at a better time because it's really important. Obviously, their backs are kind of against the wall, um, but the team is. I mean, with Paris Campbell back, and then well, I mean, who else were you missing? Center, right? Uh, Ryan Keller is out for a game. Um, Quinn Nelson's been battling injury. Darius Hunter is battling his uh, ankle injury. Um, yeah, I think we're at full strength right now. It's been the, one of the first times in, the, in a long while to see the Colts play at full strength, but I guess it's it's added on to their, their stats the, since week four. You know, they're first in rushing offense, seventh in rushing defense. They say you need to stop the run in the playoffs, and you know, right now things are looking up for them, but things can definitely change these next four weeks. Let's, uh, yeah. Speaking of the Colts' health, uh, Carson Wentz has now played 74% of the expected 21, 21 snaps. He actually went past her last week, but I'm assuming that he got sacked for the end of the fourth quarter I didn't watch because they played 73 snaps, which was exactly the number to get him to 75% of the expected snaps, but he was on the bench for 14 of them. So hopefully next year. I mean, next week, the Eagles will lock in the Colts' first round pick. Yeah, I, I really hope the Eagles lock it in. I, <laughs> I think the Colts make that trade in 10 out of 10 times if we do it over again. I don't disagree necessarily. Uh, I mean, since we, we all can, let's, let's look at the AFC playoff picture and let's, let's kind of chat it out. Let's, we got, uh, obviously, the Pats, number one. They're number one seed, Titans, two, uh, Ravens, three, Chiefs, four. Those are your four division winners. And then the three wild cards right now would be the Chargers at seven and five, the Bengals at seven and five, the Bills at seven and five. And then looking inside from the out would be Steelers six and five, Colts seven and six, Raiders six and six, Browns and Broncos both six and six. Um, I'm going to leave it open to everybody. Let's just talk about the AFC, what we think about these teams. We don't really get to uh, to to jump around the this AFC that much. And I know it's kind of crazy because. I don't think many people know what to think about the Chargers and the Bengals, and they're sitting right on top of each other at six, five and six with, uh, in the wild card. 
I was just going to say, like, I feel like this year as compared to other NFL years has been kind of weird. I feel like there's not been a lot of consistency with certain teams. There's been, like, a lot of fraudulent teams, I'd say. Like, the Titans, we, they're 8-4. and four. They have a good record. They've beaten some good teams, but they've also lost to some pretty terrible teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Ravens, can same thing can be said about them. Chargers, Bengals also included. Bills included in that. Even the Chiefs can be included in that. So it's kind of a very odd... Um, mix of teams that you have going into the AFC playoff race but in at least in the case of the Chiefs I think they're on the come up obviously they're playing a lot better ball kind of figured out the whole Patrick Mahomes situation Um, but I I just like to my point I think there's just a lot of very inconsistent ball being played throughout all the teams that are kind of in the hunt I also think the Titans are the number two seed right now. I think they're definitely trending downwards ever since Derrick Henry got injured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're eight and four, two games ahead in the AFC South. That could easily change within four or five weeks, and that should be interesting. The Ravens are also an interesting one. They looked they looked weird. They did not look like the same Ravens you saw last year, earlier this season. Um, they're not a scary team anymore, really. Lamar is. I don't know. Maybe it's the onus that set him back a little bit, but he does not look comfortable or himself whatsoever. The Chargers and Bengals, they look almost like the same team. They're just so yeah. high and low. They really switch what kind of team they will be week in and week out. Mm-hmm. The thing about the the Ravens too and Lamar is he's been doing this like fall back and deep in the pocket and just hurl it up into the middle of the field throw. Have you guys noticed like the past couple of weeks? I, I don't know what that is. Like I don't know what he's trying to do. I mean, I feel like he starts to scramble backwards and realizes he doesn't have an out, and then the only like out he has is just to chuck it. And sometimes he gets lucky. Yeah. yeah. It, but Mark Andrews is down there. Yeah, exactly. Seriously, but I mean, I just don't... The, and it's not really like him because even though he is seen as, you know, the crazy quarterback, dual threat, blah, 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 he, he really wasn't like some turnover machine coming into these uh, into this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I find his season very interesting because he's obviously still Lamar Jackson and unguardable. But... Yeah, and also, like, you know, we saw uh, John Harbaugh go for two mm-hmm. to end the game against mm-hmm. the Steelers, which, not necessarily conventional play. I kind of I kind of like it if you're on the road and you're the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, and they did set up a good play. Mm-hmm. But I think that he said we had to go for two because we had no cornerbacks left because their entire secondary is completely destroyed. And I think that Lamar is, of course, struggling, and then that's also another thing to look at is that their defense has been ravaged by injuries all yeah. year. Also running backs. And running backs. And running backs. Making it harder on him, too. But I would say that the only teams in the AFC that are truly convincing are the Patriots, and then and then the Chiefs are just by nature of their improved defense, and Mahomes having the ability. Mahomes could score, could score at any time, so... You guys want to hear some... Uh, Sammy, you brought up that crazy stat earlier. I got, I got a crazy one. Uh, so we threw out the Raiders game where Mahomes was, was vintage with the 400 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, in Mahomes' last five games, excluding the Raiders game, uh, two touchdowns, four interceptions. In his wow. last five, excluding the Raiders game. Um, it doesn't sound like Mahomes at all. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in three of those games. I feel like last game, that was kind of tough. Like, a couple of his picks were off of tips. Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill had a couple of drops, too. Like, not really helping his, uh, his yeah. quarterback out in any way. It, it's just interesting. I mean, they, they get on this win streak. They've won five in a row now. Uh, they beat the Giants twenty to seventeen. Uh, was it Green Bay thirteen to seven? Yeah, because yeah. from Jordan Love uh, played. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Raiders forty one fourteen. Dallas nineteen nine. Denver twenty two nine. 
Pretty insane. Seven touchdowns in five or in six weeks for Pat Mahomes throwing the ball. Yeah. I think just think, I think that they're convincing because so long as their defense is performing with the consistency of what giving up less than ten points three yeah. straight weeks at least, that you know, Mahomes, Tiger Kill, and Travis Kelsey are, are liable to figure it out at any moment. Yeah. And I think if you're going into the playoffs with with them playing well and some and at least one home playoff game, they pose the most legitimate threat to the Patriots. Hundred percent. There's not a lot of teams that can keep up with their scoring pace. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, I had just actually read this uh, today. Let me pull up the official report. Uh, it's reported that Derrick Henry is moving around well after surgery and thinks he can be back early January. Uh, what do we think about a, a healthy Derrick Henry running against the the New England Patriots? <laughs> that's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's awesome. I mean, I, th- I think that would be a pretty logical threat. I think, I that think its efforts would be futile, though, against the Patriots. You think so? Yeah. Like, 100%. Not, not, I don't think... Th- I think that Derrick Henry could easily have a great game, but I don't see think that the Titans could beat the Patriots. In, in, the, in, in Foxborough. In the kind of game we just watched where you're running the ball, do you think the Patriots can stop Derrick Henry fully healthy? No, but there's, like, who can... It's a good point. <laughs> I mean, the Cardinals can. They, they held him to 45 yards, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think the Titans that, like, I, I think the Titans legitimately could be scary with, with, a, yeah. with a fully healthy Derrick yeah. Henry. Well, and they also need to get their receivers back healthy. Julio's back, yeah. Well, even like A.J. Brown. He's, yeah. I know he's back, but they've both been out in, very uh, inconsistently. So, All right. Give me the – look at the top seven in the AFC and – Swap two out, swap two in. I won't make my playoff choices based on that. What do you mean? That ultimatum. That no, just just swap two out that are currently in the playoffs and swap two in. Um, I take Bengals out for sure. I put Colts in there. I take the Bengals out and put the Colts in. Part of me thinks that the Browns figure it out as well. But... I, can but I, would, I would only take out the Bengals, and I would say that the Chargers and the Bills will remain... Taking out the Titans and the Bengals and putting in the Colts and the Broncos. The Broncos defense, for the most part, is pretty scary as of late. They they were they were somewhat holding up holding up against the Chiefs. They did a pretty good job actually, but you know, maybe Broncos turned the ball over what a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would take out the Bengals as well. I, I see the Chargers breaking down. I think I would take out both the tra- Bengals and the Chargers. I, I think the teams are going to start running all over them like they have been, and I think it could be an issue when, when Herbert isn't there to, to save the day. Yeah, and Herbert's always good for one or two picks a game. Yeah. He's kind of that young quarterback. I feel like I would, the question I, is who replaces them. I feel like those, those Steelers, Raiders, Browns, Broncos, Dolphins kind of I would put the Col- lack quality. I'd put the Colts and the Dolphins in. Okay. I can see that the Dolphins are hot. The Dolphins are hot. I think the the, the seventh uh, loss that they have could bite them with the the ten wins being the uh, the absolute ceiling. That would be the worst case scenario for the Eagles as well. Yeah, pick wise, um, they're figuring it out though. Two is playing impressive, and it's also pretty funny. No one's really talking about that at all. Uh, he's looked really good. Two a truther. I'm not two a truther. I just think he's looked really really impressive. Also, uh, for all the. For all the talk about uh, Jalen Waddle and like how it was a bad pick, you know, trading up and, and taking Jalen Waddle, uh, 
has been off to one of the most impressive rookie starts. And then they also have Seattle's first round pick. Or, I mean, not Seattle's, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, they have uh, San Francisco's first round pick. Oh, wow. So oh, yeah. it's kind of... An interesting team building maneuver. It's kind of like not a horrible play. I don't know. Just just some thoughts. All right, let's, let's break it up really quick and let's go serial power rankings. We're going to jump around. Let's go this way. Yep. Uh, you want to go first? All right. Counterclockwise. All right, Sammy. Uh, I'd actually just, so I have to preface this. I've told you guys, I actually don't eat cereal. So I'm not true. I'm That's not, not true not, at all. I'm not a cereal eater. This guy was eating cereal in our house <laughs> within 72 hours. That's absolutely incorrect. I actually have to pull up my ranking here because I'm not a cereal eater. I don't remember what I put. <laughs> but my first cereal was uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Definitely not Fruity Pebbles. Uh, I would not eat those. I would not eat. It has to be Cocoa Pebbles, but they're they're very good. I'm not sure if any of you guys have had them. Second I, second I, place, I, second place Apple Jacks. They're they're quality. They're far superior to Fruit Loops, just in that this the cinnamon is necessary, you know, to kind of neutralize the apple. And then lastly, Trader Joe's chocolate granola and almond. This is what I've been accused of eating in this house, <laughs> and it is very good. If I were to eat cereals, those would be my top three. Any honorable mention or just three because you, you don't eat them? Just three. I don't. It, I was struggling to even get three. <laughs> cool. Uh, I had my, my clear number one Reese's Puffs. Nothing mm-hmm. like that peanut butter chocolate flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had Cinnamon Toast Crunch at number two. Although the only knock on it is... It just makes your mouth feel good after eating it. It's somewhat like kind of cuts up your mouth a little bit. Kind of gritty. Yeah. It is a little gritty. It's yeah. a sharp cereal. <laughs> number three, I want, want pretty blind here cornflakes. Just, just a wow. staple. And, you know, you can eat that any night. You're okay. I don't, mean to, I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't know if you guys saw that there was once like a shrimp tail in a cinnamon toast crunch box. That was fake. Oh. It, could have, it could easily have been fake. hope it's fake. I think it was a social media hoax. I think that happened like sometime during quarantine. And I remember being super upset about it because I'm a huge Cinnamon Toast Crunch guy. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure some dude just kind of placed it in there and posted it on Twitter and, you know, blew up. Unnecessary tarnishing of the brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one had any anything better to be doing yeah. besides sitting on their phones. But if it is true, great story. We'd be devastated. Cinnamon Toast Crunch put out a general public statement to say that they are working with Carp, the guy who took the photo, to discern exactly what was in that box of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it does. What do you got? Was that your... Yeah, that's my top three. So I would just like to preface this by saying I love cereal. I eat cereal all the time. Um, And making a top five list is pretty challenging. So my number one is Cinnamon Toast Crunch, as I kind of just alluded to. I also have tricks at my number two. Jeez. I I do enjoy some tricks every once in a while. That is... It's for kids. It's good, though. Um, I also enjoy Captain Crunch with or without the berries in it. I think that's very good. It's my dad's favorite. Um, Frosted Flakes is my four. And then I have Fruit Loops at my five. Wow. And then because I like cereal so much, I had honorable mention of like 10, but I'll just list off like... Give me, give me like three or four. I'll give you four. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had O's. Very good. O's are... They don't sell them here anymore in the United States. Really? Yeah. My mom ordered some off of... There's uh, There's a band? 
I don't know what it is. They just stopped making them. But they were so good. It's like my childhood cereal. Um, I'm a huge fan of Raisin Bran, actually. Pretty solid, actually. Um, yeah, hard coffee. Yeah. That's actually very brave of you to say that. I, it seems to be an accepting group. Yeah, it, it's very good. Uh, Mini Wheats is also up there. And then my last one is kind of like a very oddball. Uh, Captain Crunch uh, Cotton Candy. Never heard of it. Uh, very, very never, good. In my never opinion. heard of that. Very good. Never heard of that. Um, and I don't know. You just have to try it. Uh, I'm praying you guys have heard of my number one, uh, the best cereal on the planet, Honey Bunches of Oats. Have you guys ever had uh, that? I've cereal? had Honey Bunches of Oats. That's in my uh, family's pantry quite frequently. Yeah, it's definitely mine too, but I've never had it. It's so good. Uh, number two, Honey Nut Cheerios, the OG heart healthy. Uh, Lowers the cholesterol, you know, with a heart healthy yeah. diet, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little sticky in your mouth. But I mean, you can eat them dry. You can eat them with milk. Like you can, you can do whatever you want. Uh, number three, I actually had a tie between Frosted Flakes and Frosted Mini Wheats, and then honorable mention was was uh, Cookie Crisp, Reese's Puffs, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I always thought that Cookie Crisp was like a bit of a joke of a cereal, you know? Really? Yeah. Like, how can you? How can your cereal just be mini chocolate chip cookies? That's, well, see, not, that's not cereal. That's just mini chocolate chip cookies. I was telling them this before. I don't know where you were at, but my mom never let us get yeah, it as kids. My mom would never let me eat Because I think, like, obviously, it's like portrayed as being a cookie. So she just figured it was more sugary than the rest of the cereals, which is probably not true. But Stop I always that. get to snag some at my grandma's house when I was little. That's how I got that's, my fix. That's blasphemous. All right, I'm going to leave it open. Does anyone have any thoughts, figures, facts, questions, open discussion, anything? Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this, kind of a serious matter, but there was a Amber Alert on the 22-year-old, 6'6", 220-pound male, blonde hair, blue eyes, that goes by the name of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Last seen exiting TII, TIAA Bank Field, located in Jacksonville, Florida. Where is Trevor Lawrence? We do not know where he is. He has one passing touchdown in the last five games, nine TDs, 10 interceptions on the year. The Jags are 2-10. And last in the AFC South. Uh, I don't know what they're doing in Jacksonville, but it is not looking good. Trevor Lawrence has not been talked about at all. He's looked boring. Uh, at this point in the season, you'd expect for him to, you know, progress a little bit and, you know, put some more numbers out there that, that can be respectable. But one touchdown in five games is just, it's not acceptable whatsoever. I'd rather have Zach Wilson throwing three picks and two touchdowns every game than that. Um, I would just like to say, on to that point, like, what was it, our very first podcast that I actually said that I, we had a, a section of hot takes, and then one of my hot takes was that Trevor Lawrence was going to be a bust. I was anti-TL, like, yeah. before draft. I, yeah. I, I think, uh, whether it be situation or just the way he looks, I, I didn't see it. Yeah. But, uh... Kind of got the Greek god flow though. Um, really, really nice hair. <laughs> very nice hair. He belongs with uh, Paul Malu on those Head and Shoulder commercials. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, has a, he has a Subway commercial. He does. Yeah, he really, around his hair. Yeah. Does yeah. it really? Yeah, a Subway uh, commercial about his hair. Wow, yeah. that's good for him. Um, I mean, it's no Mac Ten, but uh, no, no. I'm, I'm kind of wondering: is you know, is Urban Meyer calling Dabble Sweeney after the games? Like, is he, you know? You know, do you want to trade places maybe for a year? I can't win. I can't win in the NFL, and you can't win without Trevor Lawrence. So maybe let's switch. Are you uh, are you ready to fully commit to the the bus label? You're you're very high on the on the Jaguars going. I was very high on Trevor Lawrence, and I would like to fully commit to the bus label, but I, I feel like I have to give him another year, just one more year. One more, you know, just because they have a new coach as well. <laughs> you think uh, Urban Meyer's gone? No. 
You don't think he's gone? No, I think he stays. I think he's gone. I didn't even bother putting him on my hot seat because I think <laughs> he's gone. It, like this is just a washed year for the Jaguars. Yeah, I would. I would have to agree. Um, I really do. I can't imagine that he's their coach next no, year. I don't think that he wants to be their coach next year. How could he be? I mean, it would it would be malpractice for yeah. them to bring him back. Quite literally. Um, well, if you while you guys think if you have anything else, I want to recite three facts. Uh, the Eagles have 175 plus rushing yards in six straight games for the first time since 1950. So basically, the first time in history. It's old school football. Uh, the Tom, Tom Brady, uh, 67 and 16 uh, in the month of December in his career. Uh, thought that was pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Uh, this was the third matchup in their series history that was decided by exactly one point, and Pittsburgh won all three games. That's due for a regression. That is due for a regression, but I don't, I don't know how you fade that. Ravens by one. But like an exact, an exact spread. Exact score. An exact, but you would have to like an exact score. You have to guess the exact number. I don't know if you can, if you can That's do that. That's the only way that I bet. <laughs> All right. Anything else, or should we, should we close it? Um, kind of wondering who you guys' MVP so far the, this season in terms yeah, of the NFL. NFL. This is a pretty controversial question. Yeah, I I, I know for a fact that I have. I know who yours my, is. My top three right now is Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, last that's, that's, that's my top three I, I think Kirk Cousins has not turned the ball over at all he literally has three interceptions this season Aaron Rodgers has five interceptions and Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray so I don't, I don't know what you want to do I hear that Brady's a favorite right now like plus 160 Vegas odds he has what 10 interceptions this season I, I don't know how we can just ignore those stats I mean I'm not going to argue against that I, I uh because I, th- I, I feel in my head that I wouldn't give the, I wouldn't give the MVP to Brady if the season were to end today, but then I can't follow it up and say that I would definitively give it to someone else a hundred percent. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. I think that Kyler Murray is the most valuable player in the league, but he has to play. Like he missed a month. E- yeah, even if he stays healthy and plays well for the for the for the stretch run. His numbers likely won't be comparable to the play, to someone like Brady or Rodgers who has played the entire season or nearly the entire season. So it will be interesting. I'd say Kyler Murray, though. Do you think it hurts his odds given that the Cardinals were able to win games without him? Uh, I think that that's an interesting argument, and no. I think that boosts Cliff Kingsbury's Coach of the Year odds. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, I, I think, agree with that. I mean, I also, I didn't even mention that. Maybe Kyler Murray's assistant for <laughs> it's a really good system to have. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even mention when we were talking about that, but I think that that's probably the most impressive feat of all. When entering a season, Cliff is considered a bad quarterback, and he win he goes two and one without him and beats two division rivals. I mean, who's, has any other team played without their head coach this year? Um, didn't well, the Saints? Yeah, there have been a few. Teams. Sean Payton was gone for a game. Oh, Cowboys, Cowboys did that. The Cowboys did. That doesn't matter. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's irrelevant for them. That's probably that probably helped them out. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> true. They are they are one to know without him. I think that there have been other teams to have their head coaching staff get COVID. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think I think it's interesting. But yeah, I would say right now I would put, I would I would say Kyler Murray too. But I'm obviously biased. Um, and every bit of me would want to say. 
Every bit of me would like really, really want to say Jonathan Taylor, but like I just think he's the offensive player of the year, and it's just that simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like a clear distinction between offensive player of the year and MVP, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I feel about it. Okay. What do you guys think about that? That there's a clear distinction. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. If he if he I'd does agree. reach his pace of what he's projected to have, like over twenty three hundred rushing yards and what twenty six touchdowns, I I think. I think it makes a really good case to be the MVP of the league this year. If he does, if he puts together yeah. the best running back season of all time, then yeah, he can be he can be the MVP. But that's almost become like exclusively a quarterback award. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, people have floated around the the pass rusher. I mean, it's always been floated around with Aaron Donald and with the Heisman year. Trophy right now. Aiden Hutchinson, Heisman Trophy finalist. Although they gave that to a wide receiver last year. That's true. Um, I think. What if Mahomes gets this together down the stretch and he puts together a pretty solid case? He'd be a pretty good pick, but he has turned the ball over a lot. But most of those interceptions were not his fault. He has a lot of tipped interceptions. Oh, yeah. I wish you could. I mean, I'm sure someone does uh, keep track of that. Keep track of that, but uh, that would be an interesting way to track. I don't understand how uh, Stafford is still being put in the considerations. Quite yeah, honestly, he's disgraceful. I I don't really get it personally. <laughs> it's the LA media. I mean, I. I think they, he needs to get away from McVay. Yeah. Maybe in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to request the trade. I'd love to see him in Detroit. <laughs> um, I, I mean, and the only other option would be like Baker Mayfield because he's he's done a lot for that squad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Playing through the shoulder injury. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's injured, by the way. <laughs> if anyone didn't know, Baker Mayfield is injured. Uh, One so with Stafford, we got to give him that, right? And, well, Stafford has chronic back pain. It's different, completely different. That's not injury. That's chronic. No, but they also said his uh, his shoulder too. It was hurting him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. During the Packers game, that's a good uh, point. It is. Uh, I won't know. It is impressive of Aaron Rodgers to come back from his unforeseen circumstance of getting COVID and you know, still put up the same numbers he was doing right before that. Exactly. I think it's disgraceful. He has not been fined <laughs> or suspended like Antonio Brown was. <laughs> Especially as a Bears fan, I'm just so much more riled up about the whole thing. Just outraged. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> you can lie to the, you can lie to the media, but not the league. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's close it off with some Week 14 predictions. I am going to take note. I will note theirs. Will you write down ours? Yeah. All right. Give me one second. We'll set this up, and we're going to start with. Thursday night football, Pittsburgh at Minnesota. We'll just go this way. It's secret, the same. Secret ballot. Uh, we're just gonna go like we're, I'm just gonna say the, the game, and you're just gonna say your name. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, okay. I'm gonna, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota. Um. Yeah, also go Minnesota. They need to bounce back. Yeah, after that embarrassing loss to the Lions, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to come out with something. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll say really Minnesota. A great spot for Minnesota. Yeah, I'll say Minnesota as well, and I feel scared that we all start off four, four on Minnesota. <laughs> That's the worst team to put all of our confidence I on. I think that we're very sharp. Uh, all right. Ravens at Browns. This is a good one. I like the Ravens. No, no justification. Do we provide justification? You can if you want. You can talk about it as to extensively. The, the Browns were unable to move the ball against the Ravens when they played them what two weeks ago, and I'm inclined to think that the, ch- the change, even having the game being in Cleveland, won't be too, won't be too drastic. 
Yeah, I like, I like the Ravens in that one. The, just like Sammy said, the Browns weren't able to do anything with four extra possessions that, you know, you have to win a game like that, and they didn't, so. I'd like to switch my pick to the Browns. I was gonna, I'm going to pick the <laughs> I'd Browns. Like to, I'd like to switch my pick to the Browns. I remember hearing a stat that the first Browns-Ravens game was the first time. So the first time that a team had won after throwing four more interceptions than the opponent, going for less than... 350 total yards and scoring less than 17 points. Teams that did that were 0 and 356 until that Browns Ravens game when wow. the Ravens were the first team to ever win with that arbitrary you... with that arbitrary stat line. I don't remember for sure this is total hearsay. It was four more interceptions than the opponent, more than uh, less than 350 total yards and less than 17 points. No team to do that had ever won a game in the NFL. Wow. So that makes me think that that's it's a winagami. Yeah, a winagami exactly, yeah. <laughs> and that makes me think that the the conditions are right for a Browns win. Yeah, an, an angry Browns win. An, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, you know. You, you sticking with your pick, or you? Oh, can... I'm definitely still sticking with the Ravens. I don't. Okay. I can't see Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions again. Okay, I got Browns. I, I'm also going Browns. I think uh, Cream Hunt was just coming. It was like his first game off of injury, so I think Chunt will be in full yeah, effect Chunt for the game. I think they'll be able to move the ball yeah, a little bit better than they did last time. Yeah, welcome, welcome back, Chunt. Uh, all right, I got Browns by the way. Yeah, uh, Jaguars at Titans. This is a scary one for the Titans. They they lose to bad teams. Titans game doesn't deserve any any justification. Shouldn't be talked about ever again. <laughs> I like, I like the Jaguars in that one. I, I think they came off with just a, a brutal loss to the Rams last week, and you know it's a divisional game, so anything goes. And I could see a I could see Jag slipping away with that one. So after trashing Trevor Lawrence, he thinks he's going for like 500 yards. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. It could be James Robinson with three touchdowns. Yeah. Sure like he put him on the milk carton. It, it was motivation. <laughs> Where is TL? I'm going Titans. I'm for the same reason as Sammy. I'm going Titans. I think that the Jaguars are poorly coached, poorly everything, poorly like I mean they shouldn't even just be allowed to exist anymore. Also, like why why have a team in Jacksonville? There's so many other core cities. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, like Butte, Montana. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather go to. I'd rather go play there. I'd rather go to Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, all right, mm. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas Raiders at Chiefs. Keep in mind. The Raiders are known for taking down Patrick Mahomes. No, this is an Andy. This is an Andrew win streak. They're not. They're not going to lose. A- any uh, any thoughts on the game or just uh, just a Chiefs dub? Uh, just a Chiefs dub. I feel like the Chiefs Raiders games are are generally pretty unpredictable. I think that the, I think that the Raiders are very bad, and I was shocked to see them beat Dallas on Thanksgiving. I think that they'll continue to lose. I like, I like the Raiders in this game. It's like it's another 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 nice divisional game. Um, the Raiders are fighting for a playoff spot, right? Mm-hmm. And well, the Chiefs are in a hot hand. I can see the Raiders win. So I'm gonna go Chiefs. I think the last game they played was like very lopsided, um, and I think just being at home in the home environment will help um, kind of aid to a, a big win again, especially with Derek Carr having little to no weapons to throw to because Darren Waller might be out again. Yeah. I, I like chiefs too. I feel like, uh, I kind of just had like the deja vu, like history repeats itself. We're just queuing up for Pat's chiefs for like the third time out of four yeah. years to get mm-hmm. into the Super Bowl. And the um, chiefs really do play every game at home. 
Yeah, they really do play every game at home, I swear. They're they're only in Vegas, LA, Kansas City, or I can't even I mean the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or wherever that is. Yeah. Uh uh what's the next one we got? Oh, I have Chiefs by the way. Yeah, um you. Saints at Jets. Very odd. Game. And that will be Trevor Simeon, I believe, for the Saints. This is interesting. That's too bad. Yeah. It's Trevor Simeon. I saw the Taysom Hill was hurt. He has the, the uh, Russell Wilson injury. Yeah, he doesn't have the same work ethic, so he's yeah, obviously so not going to get back. He's not going to I prefer that Taysom Hill played. Um, I just watched a full Jets game for the first time this past weekend. Let me ask you, how'd you feel? Um, Are you okay? I feel like I was almost like let on this kind of false this false path of believing that my team is very good when in reality the Jets are actually very bad and can't stop anybody. You know, the Eagles could move the ball at will. The, what did uh, Gardner Mitchell start? 10 for 10? 9 for 9? Gardner Mitchell started like 17 for 17. Oh, she okay. Oh, better. okay. Yeah, and he ended 20 gotcha. for 25. Gotcha, so, gotcha. And he barely passed the ball in the second half. You know, the Jets are abysmal. I think of the Saints win. Okay. Uh, don't yeah, I think, I think Saints win pretty easily. I'm just going Saints. Yeah, I, I think uh, this sounds about... This sounds about ripe for a Kamara like 200 yard yeah. all purpose game. And they're really, and they're really bad. I mean, Zach I'm just, Wilson. I'm just projecting. Yeah, I don't even know. He's back ever since. Yeah. Zach Wilson yeah. might have tried to convince us this week that he was back. I think that the Saints' defense will be far more sophisticated than the Eagles, and he's gonna struggle. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree. There yeah, was it, Marshawn Lattimore against Elijah Moore. Don't forget about Gardner Johnson. He's gonna get in the head. Yeah. Corey Davis off for the year. Oh, Gardner Johnson. Gardner Johnson. <laughs> uh, Okay, I got uh, I got Saints as well. All right, Cowboys at Washington Football Team. Um, this is a pretty big game. I this is a huge game. I don't even know who I prefer to win. I actually think that I probably should be rooting for the Cowboys because it's more realistic that the Eagles make the playoffs through the wild card than through winning the division. I think that the Cowboys will win. You think Cow- but I- not not particularly strongly you know Washington is playing well Cowboys are playing badly Heineke kind of has these boys rallying yeah and and also What's the Washington defense which was expected to be so good and which was very bad is now good again wait I was just gonna say what's it's kind of just like a theme I guess throughout sports but like Chase Young you know projected projected young superstar he's gone and the defense like quite literally improves gradually as he's gone I mean, I'm not suggesting that's that probably more of a mental thing than a personnel thing. Yeah, I like we don't need him. Player, yeah, I uh, no, not even that we don't need him, but like we like that, like we can, yeah, yeah, like we can prove that we're great without him. Yeah. Uh, I I personally would not want to play a Taylor Heineke in the Washington football team right now. I think they're on a four-game winning streak. I would not want to play them. I, let me let me check that. And, and you know we've seen how the Cowboys are fair in November. They're they were what, one and three in November and what four and zero in September. Mm-hmm. So they're a very good preseason team, <laughs> not a good regular season playoff team. No, they're America's team. Yeah, the Americans team actually. <laughs> my fault. But I have, I have Washington in that game. I like this. I'm gonna ride with Washington too. I think I always pick against them, and it always comes back to bite me, especially recently. And I know, I just know that the Cowboys are gonna win because I'm doing this. But I'm gonna go with the the football team this week. Okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Dallas. Uh, I think 
I, I could see Dallas's defense being a little too much for Washington. Washington makes a lot of mistakes, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Even though I do love watching Heineke play, it seems like I, I always see him diving for a fumble. Like that's mm-hmm. somehow at his legs or, you know what I mean? Going in and just drilling a cornerback that he just threw an interception oh, yeah. to. Speaking um, of which, odds that Diggs gets a pick? I mean, like, it's minus 150. It's literally <laughs> minus 150 every week. I don't know why you would take any other action. I think that, that game is similar to the Browns-Ravens game in that it's literally either team can win mm-hmm. and it will come down to some arbitrary plays. Yeah. What are what are the odds of uh, Terry McLaurin getting over 100 receiving yards on Trayvon Diggs? Like, literally the just same? the same exact yeah, thing. The same thing. <laughs> I saw, uh, I don't know if this still holds accurate. I forget if it was before or after the games on Sunday, but uh, Trevon Diggs had given up 150 more yards to receivers than the next corner in the NFL. Yeah. He'd given up like a 900 like yards. He's given up the most in that. Yeah. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically a wide receiver. Yeah. And he still might win Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> I mean, if he, that'd be crazy if he did. Imagine. Giving up a favorite, Miles Garrett? He would have to, or TJ Watt would have to be, right? TJ Watt? Like... Okay, I'm gonna, I need to look up this yards a lot. I think he was like 900 yards allowed, yeah. and, then, and the next closest guy was was nowhere close. Um, wait, what's our next game? It's uh, so wide receivers are all pro against Trayvon Diggs. Qu- quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see. We have Atlanta, the Falcons at the Panthers. That is an ugly game. Falcons. I think the Panthers are going to struggle a lot to score, and I think that. I think that they're going to struggle to score on anybody and therefore struggle to beat anybody like the Falcons. Yeah, I like the, I like the Falcons too. It'll be, it will be fun to watch a Cam Newton highlight of him diving into that zone at least once. <laughs> That's fair. I, I mean, I can always look forward to that on, on Sundays. I'm going to have to go with the Panthers just because I don't think the Atlanta defense is particularly strong. I also think that the Carolina defense is pretty good. Um, so as long as they can shut down Cordero Patterson, I think they'll be in a pretty good place for themselves. Um, so I guess I just have to ride with the Panthers. I'm uh, not. I don't feel confident about that one, though. By the way, I don't feel confident at all. But I'm going to take the Falcons. Uh, I don't. I literally have no explanation why, and I'm not going to analyze the game one bit. I'm just going to take the Falcons. Also, I have the stat right here. Uh, this was. As of yesterday, Trevon Diggs uh, leads the NFL in pass yards allowed with 861. That's 123 more yards than the next highest player. He's also first in yards per reception allowed with 17.6, and the second in the league in, in second in the league in 15 plus yard completions allowed with 17. Nice. So he kind of just gets gassed, and then he just gets a pick. Yeah, an anomaly of a player. <laughs> uh, our next one is Seahawks at Houston. Seahawks. No more explanation. No more. It's another game deserving yeah. of nothing. I like Seahawks. So, Seahawks. It'll be a fast game. Me too. Hawks. All right. Uh, the Detroit Lions. The one-win Detroit Lions at Denver Broncos. That's, they, a, that's a game where Jared Goff throws four really, interceptions. Yeah, and probably doesn't throw for over 100 yards. I like the Broncos. Lions riding high after a big win. They get crushed. I. Uh, I would have to agree. I'm also going to agree with that take. Yeah, I like Broncos in my game. Um, sorry, I actually forgot to write down your guys' last take, so I need to catch up really quick. Um, our next one is Giants at Chargers. 
This one is interesting. I guess it's going to be Jake Fromm starting for the Giants. Um, it's never what I think, I think if the Chargers future. win this game because the Giants are very bad, but that the Giants can actually move the ball so much successfully. You know, the Chargers are the type of team that could allow a boring offense like the Giants to thrive. Mm. Especially with the run. Yeah, by boring, I mean like a run hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Colin might have a busy day. Wait, so what was your pick? I'm sorry. I like the Chargers. Okay. Chargers? Yeah, I like the Chargers tomorrow as well. I don't have any faith in Jake Brown at all. And okay. I bet one of the analysts will be mentioning how Justin Fields was behind Jake Brown in that depth chart at Georgia. 100%. <laughs> uh, nice, nice graphic. Yeah. <laughs> I also have the Chargers, even though Fromm is the future. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got Chargers for the clean sweep. Uh, let's go Niners at Bengals. That's a crazy That's game. That's another interesting one. Yeah. Could go either way. Depends on if Burrow wants to show up. That game is a bizarre game. I'm looking at this schedule for the first time right now. Um, I like the 49ers. I don't think that the Bengals have the defense to kind of stop a, a 49ers team that like is built to beat bad defenses. Yeah, I like the Niners in that game. I just don't really trust Cincinnati. Um, Niners have shown that they can hold on to the ball and run the ball pretty effectively, and I think they'd be able to run over Cincinnati this week. I'm almost tempted to take the Bengals, but, I mean, I also agree with the points that you guys just made. I just don't think the Bengals have been playing well recently, especially Joe Burrow's play. Um, so I just have to go with the Niners, even though they're coming off the loss. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think it's going to be a near trouncing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respect your opinion. Mix, I, Mixon I is hot right now. And, yeah. I think, I think Mixon is, is going to run all over them. I think I could see the pass rush for San Francisco getting to Burrow, uh, to, to busted knees. Um, you think they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round? Yeah, but, but it's a good thing that uh, – that you know, Jamar Chase can just run by anyone, and, uh, and then, T. Higgins is also becoming an amazing wide receiver. And I don't know, San Francisco happens to just have like a really bad defense, uh, secondary wise. So um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna take the Bengals in a near trouncing, in a, in a near eye test trouncing. Okay. Score doesn't mean everything. Uh, all right, whoa! I did not realize this was the game. Bills at mm-hmm. Buccaneers. I did not realize that was the game. In warm, warm weather too. That, that game, game is at four twenty five. That is a two twenty five. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the Buccaneers comfortably. Comfortably. Yeah. Maybe there's a bit of recency bias in there watching the Bills just really struggle against the Patriots, but mm-hmm. you know, I actually just think that the Bills have struggled against a lot of teams. Yep. No, no recency bias there. I think Bucks won that game. Uh, you know, Bucks destroyed the. Well, the Bucks beat the Colts when the Colts just destroyed the Bills. Um, Bucks will out physical um, the Bills this week, and I don't know. The Bills are just—they're going down right now. They something needs to change. They need to fix something. Uh, I don't—I don't want to say it's Josh Allen, but they—I think they need to be able to run the ball more effectively. They need mm-hmm. to have, be able to keep the ball in their possession. They cannot be having two, three-minute, four-minute drives and expect to win football games throughout the year. 1,000% agree. Yeah. And just going off that, I'm also going to say Bucks, and I'm going to say because I think they take a page, even though it's going to be in warm weather, out of the Patriots book and just run Leonard Fournette hard. He's one of those guys that can just run through people, and it's very obvious the Bills' defense couldn't stop it tonight. Um, obviously, it's going to be different conditions in South Florida, 
Yeah. But that Bucks O line is really, really good too. I think they just give it to Fournette a bunch. Yeah. I actually I have the Bucks too. Another clean sweep. Uh I think you guys pretty much said everything. I uh all, all I will say is I won't be surprised if the Bills win this game purely because if the Bills do lose it, uh, huge punch in the mouth. Also, that just leaves the door wide open for so many teams to just jump right back in and replace them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Bills Sam, plus three. Bills plus three. I would think it would be more points than that. They have, a, they have them as even teams. Yeah. Would you agree that you would expect it to be I would, far larger? I thought it would be. Which indicates that the Bills will likely win. Yeah. I'm going to change my pick to the Bills. That's not fair. Okay. That's not fair. You can't change your pick after hearing the spread. That's fair. Uh, I've, I've not, but I've not let the spreads influence. Uh, <laughs> Bills, or I'm sorry, last one, uh, or last one of the Sunday slate. Sam, close your ears. Uh, Bears at Packers. I'm just going to start it off, and I'm going to say Packers by a hundred. Uh, I think the I'm going to take the Packers by a thousand. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Rodgers has the key to Chicago Packers. <laughs> I'm taking Bears by 50. Justin Fields back from the rib injury. Roquan Smith getting healthy. Is he really playing? I, I'd assume so. I'd hope so, at least. Because he was supposed to play this past week against the Cardinals, and it was like the game time thing. But oh. So I'd say he's back. You know, He's a little bit more comfortable, more confident in the pocket. Aaron Jones doesn't have a good day because of our defensive front. So All right, I respect it, but that's just not going to happen. All right. Then there's AJ Dillon. He's small. Yeah, he's tiny. Little little uh, little legs, man. All right. Monday night, Rams at Cardinals. I will be in the building. Cardinals roll. Roll Cardinals. Cardinals win the Super Bowl. I like, I like Cardinals in that game. I think you. It might be a little. It'll be a low scoring game though. I can see that. Hundred percent. I'm only saying this just because I just got disrespected so badly by you just right there. I'm taking Rams. I think Stafford's going to just dice just, you just what? What, just what you, up. What if I told you that the spread for that game was three also? That would make sense to me. Really? Yeah. I would expect the Cardinals to be favored by more after blowing them out on, uh, on the road. And I feel like the Rams have done... Very little to indicate that that is not the team that they were. Yeah, Cliff's first win against Sean McVay. I think that Betters will probably uh, fall right back in, in favor of, of the, McVay. The general that's the exact... The square public betters. You that, don't know that Cliff is the best coach in the NFC. Well, that's the exact reason that the... I mean, thank you, first of all, and you're right. Uh, you barely keep a straight face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the exact reason the Seahawks were minus three. Or yeah, were plus three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're obviously going to win that game, and that was because Shanahan's never beat the Seahawks. So, in Seattle, I should say. Uh, so, all right. Any parting thoughts before we wrap her up? Anything? A bad week for Arsenal Football Club. Bad week for Arsenal. Oh, yeah. You want, you want to explain? 90-second minute loss? Uh, they lost to two teams who were very much struggling. And that they, after leading, uh, it's, a, it's a dark time for Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. Any closing thoughts? Well, a controversial one, but Matt LaFleur, Dark Horse, Coach of the Year. So that's, actually great, that's actually a great team, he's, which we didn't take into account. He's never lost two games in a row, and he's got the Packers team rolling. It does help to have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, but I like Matt LaFleur. Party thoughts? Um, before you have to watch Aaron Rodgers play your team? Before uh, you have to watch him get shut down on Sunday Night Football? Um, no, I just, I guess, 
appreciative to you guys for coming so prepared. It was really fun to do this. One thousand percent. Something new. And uh, you, you guys having all your statistics ready, ready to roll, made it a lot more enjoyable. So took 1, a load off of Jack and I tonight. One thousand percent, I agree. One thousand percent. We'll have to do this again uh, come uh, winter time when we're talking playoff ball. But thank you guys and go Cards.